Thank you. Thank you. It's ordained by Holy Spirit for you to be here. You may be seated. Father, your will be done today. Continue to break every chain. Continue to do what you call, you're called to do, Father, that you called us to do. Help us, Father, to submit to you for every chain to be broken in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. You are so holy, you are so worthy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God told me before service that some of y'all, I was talking about, uh, I have a stronghold. A lot of people think that whenever I, that title, that message is about that I have a stronghold on something, that you have a hold. But the thing is, is it's talking about I have a stronghold. The enemy has a stronghold on you. You know, and, and God, Holy Spirit told me that, that some people are going to go ahead and let that, that stronghold be broken during worship today. So some of y'all have already started breaking those chains even before I even got to speak about strongholds. How many people would say, you know what, there's things in my life that I just, I just want Holy Spirit to break in my life to change? Anybody? Amen, amen. We all do. Yeah, we all do. If you don't, you do, and you just don't want to admit to it. You know, I, I talked several weeks ago and gave you a word from the Lord that seven completion, eight beginnings, that we had to stop these things for new beginnings to happen. It was for my church and for people online to watch. And that, that we needed to just to, to engulf that and just make it a, a determination in our mind that we're going to stop these things that are holding us back from going forward in Christ. And we're going to quit playing with them and we're going to get rid of them and be done with them in the name of Jesus, right? And so, and so I've been believing that. And then God said, okay, now today, well, this Sunday, this is a while back, this and today, that you're, you're going to preach on strongholds because some people, it's, so, it's such a grip on their life, they need to understand what's gripping them. So then we're going to give them an opportunity at the end of service to break those strongholds, if not during service or during worship. And we don't understand what, how, what, how important understanding strong, strongholds are, and if we just give the enemy just a little piece of our life, how strong it can be. There's a man that, that owned a house, a cabin, and, and a man wanted to buy it, and he's like, I don't really want to sell it. I just don't want to sell it. And he's like, I want to give you all this money, all this kind of money. He said, I don't want to sell it. I don't want to sell it. And he's like, okay, so the man that finally eventually sold it, he said, but I'll sell it on one condition. He said, what? That I get to hang one nail over the front door. And that's all I ask. And that one nail is mine. Whatever I hang on that, that door, on that nail, is mine, and you can't mess with my nail. He said, okay. Well, that's fine. Okay. Um, so a couple years went by, and the man's like, man, I just should not have sold that. I know I made money, but I want to buy it back. I'll buy it back double if I have to. And he went to the man and said, hey, I want to buy the house. He said, nope, I can't, you can't buy the house back. I'm not going to let you buy it back. Um, it's mine. You got that nail. Bless God for that little nail you got, but that's all you got, bro. That's all you can have. He said, you're not going to sell it back to him. He said, no. He said, okay. So he went out and got a dead carcass and came back in the house and, and hung that dead carcass on that nail. and said, okay, God bless you, man. And he turned around and walked out. Can you imagine what a dead carcass in your front door will do to your whole house? All because of that one little nail that he had. See, that's what the devil comes. He comes and says, hey, you can have 99%, but just this one little area of you, this one little area of your life, I want a nail right there. I got a nail in you, and I'm going to hang what I want to on it. You can't do that. Until you give the Holy Spirit the authority to pull that nail out, because you aren't strong enough to pull it out by yourself. You have to ask Holy Spirit to help you to pull that nail out and get that nail out of your house. Because Holy Spirit supersedes the enemy. And it don't matter if the enemy wants to get out or if he wants to sell your house back. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. Because when Holy Spirit, when God the Father Almighty El Shaddai says, this is my house. 
you got to get it. You're evicted. So I just pray that he evicts some things in your life today that are, that, are, that are there and they're trying to hold on to you and have a stronghold. And I just know that today God is going to break chains in your life, that today's strongholds will be broken. I promise you, if you will submit to this word today, not to me, but to God and to this word, strongholds in your life that you have dealt with forever will be broken and today. And some of y'all, that you will make up in your mind that you want to break them and you, you, this process will start today because we want to move forward together. Luke uh, 4 and 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what they're talking about before Jesus came to, to earth. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to um, proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed um, free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord. So that's what, that's what Jesus said at the beginning of his ministry. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. God is on me to preach, proclaim the good news, death, burial, resurrection, to the poor, not people who don't have money, but people who are poor in spirit, without God. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, not people who were literally in prison, those as well, but people who was in the prison, in prison in their mind, in prison in their life, and recovery to sight to the blind. Not only the blind, yes, he put spittle in eyes and, and high, high, um healed the blind, but not just those that are physically blind, but those that are spiritually blind and have spiritual blinders up and can't see what God wants to do for them. <coughs> Excuse me. I got an asthma allergy stronghold up here today, but I'm ready. I got me some water, got me cough drops, and I'm an emergency inhaler, so we're ready to go. And I took some death before I come. So, so we're ready. Because I will not allow the enemy to disrupt what he's going to do in your life today at no cost. And at the end of Jesus' life, Acts of the Apostles, Paul said, and you know that, this is, I'm sorry, John said this, um, he's quoting John, because, and when you know that when God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, then Jesus went along doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So he's just really saying, re referring back to what Jesus came to do, he did. And God, Jesus often had a ministry of deliverance. He delivered people from those chains. There were so many, even demonic oppression, he delivered People who had demonic oppression that did not know God, he delivered people who, were, who knew God. He delivered people who were sick and lame and broken. He delivered them. And we all have something to be delivered from today. And we need a move of God. We need a revival. And I'm telling you, I, I really appreciate, Mike, what he said today because it's true. You know, there's something supernatural that's been happening, especially in the last, in the last you know, six, eight months, but even more so, 2023. That's happening in, in this room. And, and that's why I'm, I'm asking you um, on the in the loop. If you're not on in, I'm, uh, in the loop on the uh, Facebook group, let me know and I'll, I, can, I can add you to it. Just where I talk to you all sometimes about things. But that's why I said, who are you bringing to church? Our church is not going to grow unless somebody brings them, unless somebody invites them. There's people out there that need to hear this, need to be in this spirit. Somebody yesterday wanted to come in the sanctuary just to be in this room. Because they said, yeah, I said, God's doing great things. They said, yeah, that's why I wanted to come in here. They just wanted to come in this room and feel that peace. Somebody else was in here yesterday and said, I was here yesterday doing some things, and I just felt the peace of God. See, but we take it for granted. Oh, it's just church. But when other people walk through them doors, they feel something. They feel something special. They feel the anointing of God and the peace of God. Don't ever get to the place where this is just a building to you. Now, it is just a building, but this is where we come together and gather together. Now, you are the church. Now, you're the one who houses and hosts Holy Spirit. But, but, but because when we come together, Holy Spirit comes and it saturates into this building and into these walls, right? 
So you can feel the tangible anointing of God in this building. And so that's why I said, who are you bringing? Who are you inviting? Because I do my best for, for on social media. And I need help with that. But social media and also in marketing and on our, on our, um, on our uh, YouTube media stuff and also on our web, web page, doing everything I can to create people to do invites and all that kind of stuff. But I need you to help other people come so their chains can be broken. Everybody in here knows many people who need chains broken in their life. Why haven't you invited them? I desperately want to see lives change. I desperately want to see a city healed. I desperately want to see marriage restored, addictions broken, and I want to stand in awe of the miraculous of God. And I wrote that down, and then I started thinking, you know what? I already have. We have had people healed in here of cancer, people healed in here of, of anxiety and fear and stress and, 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 and other issues in their life. We have people healed in this, this very altar. <coughs> had marriages that have restored that were on the brink of total divorce and, and alteration being demolished, but they were restored. We've had people who were addicts that were addicts. The addictions were broken in this house, and we have seen the miraculous, but I want to see more of it. I want to see even greater things. I want to see more souls saved, and I want you to see that as well, and you, I want you to be hungry for it. I want you to look forward to coming to church so you could be in the presence of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 13, I mean 10, 3, and four. <laughs> we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning to destroy false arguments. See, we're human, but we don't use, as Christians, we don't use human weapons to, de to defeat the enemy because we can't use a physical weapon against a spiritual entity. We have to use a spiritual weapon against that spiritual entity and that stronghold. And Paul, when he said, when he talks about that stronghold, he's not talking about a fortress because stronghold means, and one, one, one term means fortress, because that's like, you know, uh, uh, it was a cave where people went for refuge. So, so stronghold means fortress or refuge, right? And, but, but he's talking about the destructive thoughts that people become hostages to their own addictive behavior. You have a thought in your mind and the devil lies to you, and you believe that lie, and that lie becomes reality to you. And we have to bring those thoughts captive under the power of the Holy Spirit and say, no, I will not entertain that thought. That's a lie. I know the truth because I've read the Bible. That's not the truth, and I will not entertain that. You may be free in 95% of your life and be happy-go-lucky and have a little house with a picket fence, but if you got... 5%, 4 3 2 or even 1%, one nail in your life that the enemy has control of, it will destroy you. See? And, I, and here, here, here's what, here's what uh, God, God told me to tell you this. He said, he said, in my spirit, I felt, this is, you were bound today because you believed a lie that God wasn't the answer for the situation. And I was like, wow. That, that, that touched my heart. That, that, that you are bound today because you believed a lie that God was not big enough, strong enough, or good enough to handle the problem. So you went to other things and other methods to handle it, and you believed that lie, and God's sitting here the whole time saying, I could break every chain, but you won't let me. <clears throat> and then that behavior, that behavior is a fruit. The behavior that you have is fruit of the enemy's lies. All of a sudden, you have fruit from the enemy because you got a behavior that's addictive, 
a behavior that is a behavior that is destructive, and it's a it is a fruit of the lie of the enemy. The only way out of a stronghold is to begin to believe the truth of a thing. And so you know what? <clears throat> I believe I believe that lie, but I'm not going to believe it no more. God has a truth about that. Um, some uh, that has a truth about you that some of you just don't believe and you haven't experienced it yet. You haven't experienced a, a, a happy life. You haven't experienced a joyful, peaceful life. You, haven't, you have not experienced the joy of the Lord being all unspeakable joy because you're so caught up in your own bondage that you haven't experienced all that God has for you because you believe that you don't deserve that kind of life. You believe you're not good enough for that kind of life. You believe you've done bad things and you don't deserve to be happy. You, you've done some things and you don't feel like I can be good. I don't, I, I'm too far. I'm too old that you know what? I've done some things and I've done so many things, bad things. It's too late for me to catch up. Listen, one, in the spirit of God, the second clap, the first one was weak. So that, that quick, you can catch up. There is no space and time in Jesus. It does not matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It don't matter how bad you are. It don't matter where you've been and what you've done. God can break those chains. We become so addicted to these feelings and emotions that we, be, that we begin to feel comfortable in that. Earlier in ministry, I was so comfortable with people pleasing and, and insecurity and fear that I, I, it became a safe place for me. That actually, when things got bad, that's what I reverted to. And God had to and is continuing to break those chains in my life. So how do you experience the truth? Well, 2 Corinthians 10.4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. So that, that's the New King James Version. You may be like, okay, I don't quite understand that. Well, let's, let's read it in the Amplified Version. The weapons of our warfare are not physical or weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for destruction of fortresses, strongholds. We are destroying sophisticated arguments by the enemy, by Satan. We're destroying his arguments because they're sophisticated because he makes you believe that it's true, so it's sophisticated. And every exalted thing and proud thing that sets itself up against the, the true knowledge of God. So you, we're believing all these sophisticated arguments against the truth. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ and the Word of God, to be ready to punish every disobedience, even when our own obedience in church, as a church, is complete. So, okay, then what is a stronghold? Well, a stronghold is something that has a strong hold on you, okay? A stronghold is, is, um, is a prisoner locked by deception. And it's not that you're in a jail cell. You're in a prison cell in your mind. The door is open. Christ has already paid the way for the door to be open. But you are so much in prison, the door is wide open, and you're still sitting inside thinking that you're bound and you're stuck and you're in jail and that you're in prison. But you're free. The door is open, but you feel so much of this pain and you're holding on to so much of it, you become so, so comfortable in prison. Matter of fact, if you watch Shawshank Redemption, you see that one of them, one of the guys that he hit towards the end, that, that he got out. And he did something bad to go back into prison because he was safe there. He didn't understand how to walk out here in this world. So he went back to what he knew, right? But the stronghold actually has no power except for what you give it. 
When you believe that lie, you give it all a power and authority. And when you, when, whenever you believe, this is, God showed me this late last night. When you believe the lie of the enemy, and you say, I believe this lie, and I, and I don't believe that God can handle it. I believe this lie over God is powerful enough and good enough to handle it. When you believe the lie and you have a stronghold in your life, you are coming into agreement with the enemy. You are coming into agreement with Satan when you believe a lie that God is not good enough to handle the situation, that I have to hold on to this hurt, pain, guilt, and shame, that I have to deal with this myself. You are coming into agreement with Satan and you are saying, you are telling me the truth, God's a lie. A stronghold is someone living by something that is not true. You may, I don't know if, I, I love this story, and I, I, I may have shared this with you before about the African impala. It's this beautiful animal um, in Africa that can jump 10 feet high, high as a basketball goal, and 30 feet long. So 10 basketball goals sideways. 10 feet high, 30 feet long. But in a zoo, there's a three-foot fence, and he never jumps over it because he cannot see where his feet will land. So he's fearful. He's scared to jump because he can't see solid ground. And that's just like us. When things come in our life, we, we are free, free indeed. We have all power given us under, under God, and we have the power to overcome. We're an overcomer more than an overcomer. We're righteous through Christ. We have all power that we have through Christ, but we're scared because we don't know how it's going to work out. We're scared to give it to God because we don't know if He's going to do it the way we want Him to do it. We're scared to, to do it because we don't, we're scared to forgive because we don't know if, 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 this going to be, if they're going to be punished for it. We don't understand these things. So we are scared to jump just like that animal does. Strongholds, they steal our focus. They cause us to, to feel controlled. And they consume our emotional energy, and they direct us into the wrong destiny. Strongholds get a grip on our lives more than about anything does because we believe the lie of the enemy. And he wants us so wrapped up in our own situation that we don't are not able to minister to, or impact anybody else's life. In 2 Timothy 2.26, it says, Then they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. See, we, it says, then they'll come to their senses. So when are you going to come to your senses? When am I, I going to come to my senses? I, I have recently, after studying all this and hearing all this stuff, God, there's some things that I still were, was allowing the enemy to, to have a stronghold in my life. And I had to come to Jesus meeting. And I had to say, I had to come to my senses and say, I, am, I know that's a lie. But I feel comfortable in that. I've lived in that for so many years. And that, that mindset, and I had to come to the place where I'm like, you know what? I know the truth, but I keep believing the lie. That's even worse. It's bad when you don't know the truth and you believe a lie. But when you know the truth and you believe a lie, that's true bondage. So how did the stronghold begin? Well, somebody that you trusted, somebody that you knew, that you looked up to like a father or a mother, a best friend, a bestie, or maybe, you know, a spouse let you down. They betrayed your trust in a horrible, harmful way. 
And you, as a result, the devil lied to you and told you, see, I told you, you can't trust nobody. You don't need to trust nobody. Look what your parents did. Look what your husband or wife did. Look what your, your best friend, look, for that, look at that person that you trust. Look what that pastor did. Look at here, whatever it may be. And, and all of a sudden, the enemy comes on us and puts his guilt on us and says, they are going to hurt you. You don't need nobody but yourself. You've got to become independent. You don't need to trust nobody. And so all of a sudden, you get in this shell from all the hurt, and you want to be an independent woman or independent man. And you allow that. But the, th the problem is, is you can't say, I'm going to not trust everybody but God. That's how it should be, but our mind don't work that way. When we have trust issues, we don't even trust God. So therefore, we have allowed that hurt, pain, guilt, shame, that hurt, that, 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 that abuse, whatever happened to you in your life when you were younger or little or recently, and, and, and it became such a stronghold in your life that, that it, it calls you to believe that lie and for you to struggle and for you not to trust nobody and not even to trust God. And God's like, I can break every chain. So this mindset set causes us to sin. Because when we don't trust nobody, we don't trust God, we're, we get this stronghold, we start believing the lies, and once you believe one lie from the devil, it's a whole lot easier to start believing more lies. If someone tells you something and you believe it, then they know, okay, they believe me now, I can start telling other things, and they can start believing that too. And then all of a sudden, you, you just, you're just surrounded by all this. And, and it, it causes sin to inaccurately help us to not understand about the person of God and urges us to, to, to misinterpret Scripture. Because when you're bound by a, a stronghold, all of a sudden you look at Scriptures in the flesh, not in the spirit. And you start saying, quoting Scriptures in the, in the flesh that that Scripture does not mean to try to come at somebody. And so they form with an emotional wound that we experience caused by hurt or disappointment that makes our heart fertile for the lies of the enemy. When hurt and pain come in our life, all of a sudden our, our heart becomes very fertile if we don't stand strong with God, stand in the Word, and stay in prayer. Because we, we love the presence of God. Okay, but see, it's hard for you to enter the presence of God if you haven't been in this Word. It's hard for you to be in the presence of God if you haven't been in prayer. You know, I've really been pushing, especially the last several weeks, about prayer and the Word. Because if you are really in prayer and really in the Word and really in fasting, doing the best you can, then, then the thing is, is that will push you. You'll be more sensitive to the Spirit of God. But if you don't know the truth, you're going to believe all the lies of the devil. You can't know the truth if you don't know the Scripture. What's the Scripture say? I've hidden my, thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So if you don't know what's in here, then you're going to sin because you don't know what not to do. The moment, see, the moment we begin to, 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 to grab and to hold on to these lies, we come into agreement with the enemy. And I want to say that again. And it's designed to, and the thing is, is our mind is, is designed to be, be the mind of Christ and be a fortress, a stronghold, a safe fortress, a safe stronghold against the enemy where the enemy can't come in and it's a refuge. So this should, our mind should, we should have the mind of Christ and we should have a refuge, a safe place in our mind to where only Holy Spirit dwells. But when we believe these lies, we kick God out and we, because God ain't going to hang around with, with a bunch of untruth and strongholds. He's like, you know, I'm not, I can't live, I, I can't, if you're living that way, I can't dwell there. 
You know, I'm not going to, the Holy Spirit and the devil's not going to live in the same head. And so, so we have to bring down them strongholds and invite Christ in and say, you know, I want you, God, I want you, I want the mind of Christ. I need your mind. I don't need the mind of the enemy. I don't need the mind of Satan. And as years pass by, you're, you're so much of a victim all of a sudden, you don't even want to be helped. After a while, when you get in a stronghold for so, so long, all of a sudden, you don't even care about getting helped anymore. Because you say, nobody can help me. I'm broken. Nobody can fix me. I've tried church. I've tried this. I've tried that. But the problem is you've halfway tried church. You've halfway read your Bible. You've halfway prayed. And you blame God because you didn't do what you're supposed to do to break that stronghold. But you end up being like the, 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 the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda that I talked about a little while back. That for 38 years, he tried. And eventually, he just gave up. He just quit trying to, to get healed. And that's when Christ came and said, hey, do you want to be healed? He's like, I tried and I tried and I tried. In other words, look, I'm not going to get healed. I tried. It's just not going to work. So after a while, you feel so broken that you allow that stronghold to get a hold of you and get such a grip on your life and it squeezes the, the breath of, of God out of you So you just submit to that and you backslide. You turn your back on God or you live this fake Christian life with that 95% make everybody believe you're okay, but that 5% is killing you. So there's different roots of, of strongholds. One root of a stronghold that can really create a stronghold is obviously sin. You know, God, Jesus can has died on the cross and, and atones for all of our sins. Okay? But here's the thing. Jesus cannot pay for a sin that is not confessed. Okay? Well, he has already paid for it, but he can't help you if you have a, a sin that is not confessed, that you keep in secret. The devil thrives on secrecy. The devil will take a secret that you, a secret sin that you have and turn it into a stronghold that will destroy your soul to death. That's why it's good to have accountability partners. That's why it's good to confess in a, a, a private uh, place with me or whoever, that you, somebody that you trust. Because secret sin will destroy your mind, will destroy your life, and will destroy who you are. And God cannot forgive you for an unconfessed sin. He's already paid the price for that sin, but you have to confess it. Confess your sins, it says, and He is faithful and just to forgive you. But if you don't confess, you can't. And then number two, lies. Whenever you believe a lie or you lie, it can become a stronghold in your life as well. And the enemy is just whispering in your mind. You don't need to believe them. You don't need to believe them. They say this, they say that, but you haven't never seen that. You haven't never experienced that, so it probably doesn't exist. And unfortunately, we chose to believe the enemy. But here's the problem. We know that Scripture says that the devil is a liar and father of lies. It is fact, Jack, right? Now, if I, if y'all have went over and talked to Bruce, and Bruce has lied to every one of you in here multiple times, which he hasn't, but if he did, and then Bruce came up and said, hey, I got something, I got, I got a truth I want to tell you. Nobody in here will believe him. Everybody will say, you're a liar. You're a liar. There's no way. I'm not believing you. You've lied to every one of us, and I'm not going to believe you. But why can't we do that to the enemy? Why can't we look at Satan and say, you're a liar. I'm not going to believe you. You're telling me that I'm not good enough, that I'm broken. You're telling me that I can't forgive. You're telling me that I can't live, that I can't break this addiction, that I can't give up this hurt, that I can't forget about that, that I can't move on. The enemy's and that is a lie from Satan himself. That is never God telling you those things. Because he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I can help you with all that. 
The next thing is that, that really holds us out is the occult. Well, uh, hey, Pat, I don't deal in no witchcraft. Well, Scripture says that rebellion is the same as witchcraft. So if you are re a rebel, then you deal in witchcraft. Okay, but also whenever you deal with witchcraft and the occult, you're putting a vacancy sign for all demons. Hey, check me out. Okay, so what kind of things that are deal that deals with the occult that maybe Christians may be involved in and maybe or or, or believe making believe in the lies of the enemy? Crystals. Okay, a rock is not going to give you peace. A rock is not going to give you joy. And people get these, oh, this, this rock here, this, this is a good crystal. It, it, it helps you with your mood swings. It it's a rock. How about, how about go to the rock of my salvation? A rock's not going to help you. Christians get all these thinking it's going to help them because they're digging for stuff because they believe the lie of the devil. Another lie that Christians believe, that manifest, manifesting. Well, I'm just going to manifest it. What? You can't manifest nothing. You can speak those things that are not as though they were, and God can manifest them. But we don't have the power to manifest and make something happen, except through His will. Horoscopes. Okay, I'm not talking about, well, I'm a Leo, I'm a Virgo, whatever. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you read it every day, and you're looking for it to come true. And if you read it, you know, yeah, but it's came true two or three times this year. Out of 363 times, they got two right. How about reading this horoscope? And this is not a horoscope, but it tells you who you are and what's going to happen in your life and how to get out of it. New Age, all New Age stuff, Ouija boards. People are so, people are so attached to try to, try to see the supernatural, they will, they will look at Ouija boards and try to pull up spirits and stuff. That's demonic. And even meditation. Pastor, meditation is wrong? Well, it's according to what you're meditating on. There's some yoga classes that try to get you to meditate on some things that you shouldn't be meditating on. But when long as you're, it's not the meditation, it's what you're meditating on which causes that. And the next one that is a, a big thing, a big thing even in this room, because a lot of you told me that you deal with it and still deal with it. So it's time to give it up today. And that's unforgiveness. We harbor bitterness against others. Because they've done us wrong, they hurt us. They've done things to us. And they abused us, maybe even. And I'll tell you what, I'm not gonna I'm never gonna forgive them. You're only hurting yourself. You, you won't control so bad over them because they controlled you. And this is the only way that you can feel control or feel in control is by holding on to unforgiveness. It is time, saith the Lord, for you to let that go so you can walk in freedom. You are bound. You're believing it lie by the enemy that you, by you not letting it go, that you can't let it go, that you can't forget it. That's a lie straight from hell. It's time today that you let that go and that you say, you know what? I can do that. Now, here's a lie that the enemy's going to tell you. If you forgive them, they're going to think that everything's okay now. If you forgive them, people's going to think that what they did to you or said to you or done to you, is, is you're, 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 you're validating that. No. You forgiving somebody does not make anything that anybody's done to you right at all. It's just as wicked, just as evil, just as horrible, just as demonic as it ever was. But what you're saying, when you forgive somebody, you're saying, I choose to trust God. He can handle that. I can't. The next thing that causes strongholds is addiction. Once you start getting to drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography, judgmentalism, people are addicted to judging people. Problems, 
Drama. You ever, you ever seen anybody addicted to drama? Golly. That's some of the, I think that's one of the worst addictions right there, man. I can't handle it. Addicted to pride. Addicted to fear. Addicted to laziness can be a stronghold in your life. Because when you're addicted to being lazy, then, then I'm not talking about if you're depressed. I'm not talking about a, a, a clinical thing, mental health. But if you're just straight out lazy, then you can't do nothing God wants you to do. This, is, this book is a book of action. And see, and now here's the last one. And here's the one, well, Pastor, I don't drink. I don't smoke that ganja weed. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't, I don't do no cult stuff, all that. Okay, well, you know what? Let's go to one that, that I guarantee you that, that if we go through your life, I, we could find one of these. And this is compromise. You compromise your Christian walk with God to please somebody. You compromise your walk with God to, 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 to get love from somebody. You compromise your walk with God to be accepted by somebody. You compromise your, your, your walk with God for a little flesh splash. And we compromise. Everybody in this room, at some time in their Christian walk with God, has compromised himself, including me. We all have. We're all in that same boat. And if you don't bring down that stronghold, change that and quit believing the lie of the enemy and turn towards God, then you're going to be, that, that can be a stronghold. Because it begins as a foothold. That, that nail that's on the door, that's a foothold. Because you ever had somebody open a door and you put your foot in there? They can't shut it. I mean, they can't even hardly break your foot because the way, the way your shoe is and all that. And that's all the devil needs. Just, and he just lets you get tired trying to slam the door shut. He just sits there until you finally get tired and say, hey, he's like, I'm here. I'm not leaving. And eventually we believe that. And then we, then we kind of believe another lie. Then he's got two foot. And then we have so many footholds, and now all of a sudden the door is wide open. He just walks straight in. Then we tear down strongholds. How do we do that? Well, many Christians fail to tear down strongholds in their life because they don't believe they have one. So we have to prayerfully pray about the battlegrounds in our mind and pray Psalms 139. Lord, you know, search me, O Lord, know my heart. Try me and know my every thought. See if there's any wicked way of me. Lead me through the way everlasting. If you're like, okay, I don't remember that. Okay, God, I know there's probably something in my life that I'm doing because I'm human, I'm flesh, and I'm not perfect. So I know there's something in my life that is causing me, that's a stronghold somewhere that is causing me from getting closer to you. What is it? Show it to me, Lord. I want to deal with it. I want it gone because I want to be at perfect peace with you. And remember that these strongholds, sometimes sometimes they, 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 they come through good things. Maybe it's food. Food's a great thing. I love food. But if I get super stressed, if I get super stressed, sometimes I become a food addict. And that becomes a stronghold to me. And that's how I deal. That's how I cope. And we can't do that. <laughs> Excuse me. Spiritual stronghold can only be destroyed through nonstop warfare. When you a stronghold begins, you got to go into warfare. What's warfare? Praying, praying hard, be, getting sincere with God, reading the Word, fasting. Hopefully, y'all been fasting for the past twenty-one days. We had the first week was fasting and prayer, and then we added on top of the fasting and prayer, reading the Word of God, and then this last week was you know paying it forward, loving your neighbor somehow. Hopefully, somebody in here, everybody did something in those weeks did some kind of fasting and prayer and um, reading the Word because that's what it's all about. And, that, that, you know, and if you're not willing to, to fast and miss a meal, well, then you're not really serious about breaking that stronghold. Because Scripture says that some things only come out, some demons only come out by prayer and fasting. You ain't got a demon in you, but you, you're, maybe you're oppressed by the enemy, by a demon. 
Strongholds are built upon lies. You just got to know that. That, that, that you, you got to understand that there's patterns and start realizing, where am I, God, what lie am I believing of the enemy? God, what, am I, what lie am I believing that is not true? Because I think I believe in the truth. So show me, expose the lie to me so I can believe the truth. Amen? Finally, finally, we need to guard our hearts closely lest the devil can rebuild strongholds that were brought down. Now, you can get rid of every stronghold in your life. Now, see what happens. A stronghold, what the devil does, is he, every lie that you believe, he start, he's a great bricklayer. Okay? And he, he, he builds this wall all around you. Okay? He builds this wall around you. And we can do like the walls of Jericho and walk around them walls of Jericho and kick them walls down, right, and overcome that. But the devil's got 10, 10 quadrillion more bricks back there to try to rebuild. And just because you get free from a stronghold, don't walk around like, oh, I'm free. I'm free indeed. And now you just let down your guard and allow the enemy to creep back in because he will continuously knock. Can I come back in? I know you like me. I know you enjoyed that little bit of time we had together because I was all the way in. I sat on your couch. We supped. We dined together. We had some really good times. It's like that ex that won't ever let you go, right? They just, they just stalk you. The enemy is a stalker. Constantly saying, man, you broke that stronghold down, man. It broke my heart. And he's going to constantly pursue you and woo you and lie to you, trying hard to get to you. Colossians 2 and 14. Jesus saw every failure, shortcoming, and every sin we would ever commit, and yet he laid down his own life. God knew all the strongholds you would be there for. God knew where you would be at today. He knew that you would go through what you went through. You would do what you've done. And he would sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to die for you anyway because you're worth it. I love you so much. I'm going to die for you. I want to die for you because I believe in you. He believes in every one of you in this room. And we got, so then we got to replace those strongholds with God's presence because God, his presence is a mighty fortress. When, we're, when you're in the presence of God and you're in the true presence of God, Holy Spirit's moving, and you're feeling Him. You're praying in the Spirit, or you're, you're just in a church service, and Holy Spirit's moving. You don't think about other things. You don't care about eating. You don't care that, that whatever, whatever. You don't care about and You don't care about those issues. When you're in the true presence of God, nothing, absolutely nothing matters, but I'm undone. And that's what we need to get to. So in conclusion, what, 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 what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Number one, take back your thought life. Those who are dominated by sinful nature, Romans 8, 5, and 6, those who are dominated by a sinful nature, think about, and they think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by Holy Spirit will think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. But if Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. So you've got to take back your thought life. Romans 12 and 2 says, Don't copy the behavior of the world and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Don't think about the lies. Think about the truth. Know the truth by reading God's Word. Number two, identify the lie. John 8, 44. When the devil lies, he speaks his native language where he's a liar and the father of lies. So identify, what lie am I believing? And then research and find the truth about that. Number three, 
Replace the lie with God's truth. That's what I just said. Ephesians um, 6, 10 through 18. I'm going to read a couple verses of it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you'll be able to withstand the devil's schemes. And then go further down. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then you go down further, further down and then it says pray. Everything, if you look through the scripture, everywhere it says, read and pray, read and pray. Don't just pray and don't just read the word. Pray and read the word. See, the secret to, to truly being delivered by the, by delivered from the enemy is to truly know the deliverer. I want to tell you this really one quick thing, and then we're going to move right into some worship and let you, let you pray and let, let, the, let these chains fall. You know, David killed Goliath, right? And then Saul got jealous of David and chased him. And then so David runs from Saul to Gath, where he runs to Gath, where uh, um, the, the uh, giant came from, Goliath, where, he, where he, he won his first fight against the enemy. He ran back there, and they didn't like him there. And the king of Asius of Gath, they didn't want him there. But he came anyway. So here's what, here's what happens after that. 1 Samuel 22, 1 through 5. So David left Gath and escaped the cave of Adullam, which means, the, the, the cave of Adullam means fortress, or in Hebrew it means to dangle, like a bucket at the end of a rope. So literally David was at the end of his rope. He was chasing him. They were trying to kill him. He had ki killed, killed Goliath and Saul was jealous, so he came after him. Soon his brothers all, all came after, after a little while all of a sudden, his brothers came and said, you know, if the king, future king of Israel is running, I'm running too. So they ran after him. And then it says, then it says later on, it says, then others began coming, men who were in trouble and in debt and who were discontented. These weren't people that were trying to help him. They were bringing him their issues, their troubles. And David had a choice. I have all these people around me. It was kind of like God showing David, look, this is the beginning of your kingdom. But you're sitting here in a cave, in a fortress, in a stronghold. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay in here in the pity party? Or are you going to get out and lead and do? And he took those 400 broken men and women that were in debt and in trouble and discontented, and he made them his warriors. They were the beginning of his kingdom. It says, until David was a captain of about 400 men. Later, David went to Mizpah in Moab. Moab is where his great-grandmother um, Ruth was. And she, he said, please allow my mother my, and my father to live here until I know what God is going to do for me. So David's parents lived there in Moab during the entire reign. And David was in the stronghold. And one day, the prophet Gad told David, leave the stronghold and return to the land of Judah. Who knows what Judah means? Praise. Get out of your mind. Get out of the stronghold. Get out of the stronghold and go praise. David wrote three songs in that cave. Psalms. Psalms 42 when it talks about, oh, men are after me. They're out here to kill me. They're out here to destroy me. What am I going to do? And he also wrote Psalms, um, uh, that was 142 in Psalms 57. It's where God visits him in the cave, and he talks about, but, but blessed be the Redeemer. Blessed is the Lord. He talks about it in freedom, and then he takes those, those 400 people and his family, and he takes them out, and, he, and, and God puts them in the place of king. So I don't know where you're at today, but I want you to know that today your strongholds can be broken. That today your strongholds can be broken. Today your strongholds can be broken. Today the chains can fall. So I want to just, you know, we're going to sit here in just a second and, and we're going to uh, 
sing a little bit of this song, and then, then as people start coming out, we can, we can cut the feet off. And if you're at home, this word is for you. Grab hold of, of your husband or your wife, your children, whatever. Y'all get together, and y'all pray that every stronghold is broken today in the name of Jesus. Those chains fall. It may feel weird. It may feel awkward, but do it anyway. God's calling you to break every chain. And today in here, God's going to break your chains. And he's going to bless you. And maybe you say, you've been talking about this completion and new beginnings. But you know what? I can't, I just, I don't know if I can do that by myself. Well, today is your day. God sent me to help you, to pray for you, for you to believe the truth. 